0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is The Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody.
2: We have a lot to get to on this edition of The Daily Score, starting with a tweet from a very reputable source, and Josina Anderson, who says the following about the Chicago Bears. She says, quote, I am told the Chicago Bears are expected to have interest in Commander's Assistant Head Coach, Offensive Coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, Yes, among others, she says. With general knowledge that current head coach Matt Eberflus is under evaluation with a team at four and eight, Per source, okay. Let's break this down. Of course, um, but very believable that Matt Iberflus is under evaluation with the team four and eight. We all know that. We all have our opinions on that. I have been of the opinion that Matt Eberflus probably stays, but we'll see. And if he does go, because I couldn't be shocked if he left. But the idea that Eric Bieniemy would be one of the candidates or the guy that takes over your your position as head coach for a franchise that has just been floundering forever, floundering forever, um, because forever is the 1980s. I'm sorry. That's, that's an awful idea um, that the Bears would have interest in him. Uh, I mean, I guess you have to sort of spin the web and find out, like, who's interested and who's not and who wants to interview and who doesn't. But this is a guy, Eric Biennemi, who apparently doesn't interview well? Um, there is something about Eric Bieniemy that franchises have not liked as a head coach, or he would have been scooped up a long time ago. Um, and maybe part of it is, you know, he's kind of getting that that same thing where the the it's the the Andy Reid coaching tree can be similar. In ways to the Bill Belichick coaching tree, where it's not clear if any of these guys are actually going to work out as head coaches because that head coach, whether Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, is so good. So no, I'm a big no on even considering Eric enemy. There has to be a reason why team after team after team has passed this guy up as the head coach. Now, I know that we haven't heard this from the Bears. This is a report. The Bears could be sitting there going, no, no, no. I mean, we just thought, we're just kind of interested. Maybe they have zero interest in Eric bien as well. But look, if we are going to move on from Matt Iberflues, which is fine, don't move on to a guy who has questionable credentials in terms of being a leader, being a head coach, whatever it is. I don't know what the knock is on this guy. But when I saw that, I was like, Oh, come on. Let's not do that. Um, the guy who gets considered and turned down every single year. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been guys like that. Um, there's a uh, God, why am I forgetting his name? It was what wasn't when I was covering the team for the record. There was a Bears special teams coach who was still the special teams coach of the the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to try to look it up while I'm doing this. But he was in the same category, um, as, as Eric B enemy. Um, and as in everybody thought, Oh, this guy, you gotta, you gotta pick this guy up as your head coach because he's so good at, w- at what he does. Um, but passed up got after year, after year, after year, Dave Tobe, Dave Tobe is the guy. Um, and you know, after a while there's just gotta be a reason. So I don't want Dave Tobe as my, <laughs> head coach either by the way his name has not come up for the record but i just like the bears if they move on they've got to get it right so hearing names like eric the enemy that's a straight up non-starter for me um and i don't even like the fact that his name was mentioned it's a waste of time right now um let's let's hear from some of our score experts though on what they might be thinking about in terms of hot candidates. If the job does open up for the bears, and we'll start with chase Daniel um, who does a show on YouTube where he breaks down tape, really good guests on the the Spiegel show every week. He was asked about potential candidates. If Matt Eberflus is not to be with the bears after this year,
3: the enemy was loosely linked to the bears today by an NFL reporter, uh, ben Johnson with the Lions Bobby Sloak Jr. with the Texans if I just give you those three names names—Bienemy, Slowick, Sloak Johnson who is doing the most creative things offensively among those three Lions commanders or Texans oh Ben Johnson for sure but there's no way you guys are getting them there's no shot why there's no shot there's no way there's no way why like, in my opinion because he's the top he's the top he's the top guy in this hiring space okay. and, and you and, unless you pay him, 15 million What if you're what, attaching what if you're attaching the number 1 pick he gets to he gets input on the quarterback Why yeah why is the, the, Bear, the Bears job going to be a great job I I'm not saying it's not going to be a great job but is it going to be the guy who is number one that he's going to want I don't think so I don't think the team is good enough wow. uh, Forget about the quarterback situation I just don't think the team's good enough Where is it going to go? Opinion. In San Diego would he rather coach you Herbert probably, I mean would you <laughs> I would rather coach Herbert. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah, yes I would. But I think yeah. that I think that Caleb Williams with another top 10 draft pick, with DJ Moore, with Darnell Wright, with Cole Komet, with Tevin Jenkins, I don't think that's that bad. I think that's a pretty good it's, job. I didn't say it wasn't that bad. It, it is a pretty good job. And the, everything I'm hearing, it's Harbaugh. That would be – honestly, like, I don't know your thoughts and we haven't talked about it, but, like, Harbaugh, if he left, like, that would be the guy for the Bears job, in my opinion. Total culture shock, total culture change everywhere t- he has been. Mm-hmm. He has won. That, to me, is a guy that I would be targeting. You guys know how I feel about Jim Harbaugh. Boy, this is the no-show.
2: No to Eric B. Enemy. No to Jim Harbaugh. I love the idea of culture shock. I guess I have to explain myself once again. I like the idea. Uh, if the Bears were to hire Jim Harbaugh, I would actually have respect for the Bears because that would be so outside of their comfort zone. But I personally don't think Jim Harbaugh would be a good fit with the Bears. Nor do I think Eric Bieniemy would be a good fit with the Bears. The Ben Johnson stuff from Chase Daniel is pretty hilarious. That that he doesn't think that he would that he since he's the hottest candidate, the hottest offensive guy on the board that he wouldn't dare go to the Bears. You know, I'm thinking about this. The last, there was one time in the Bears, coat in my lifetime, my Bears consciousness goes back to about 1982 or so, maybe even 81. Um, The only time I remember the Bears getting the hottest coaching candidate, you guys ready for this? Dave Wanstead. Dave Wanstead was a hot Coordinator. I mean, he was the guy with Dallas. He was running those Dallas defenses back in the day, and it was the, the Bears got him. Now, Wanstead did not turn out to be a great head coach with the Chicago Bears, but that was the last time I remember the Bears going out and actually getting that guy. The rest of them mm-mm, that that was not the case with with Dick Juron or Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith had some definitely had some credibility having worked the defense with St. Louis, but he definitely wasn't the hottest candidate. John Fox was far from a hottest candidate. Matt Nagy was an interesting candidate. Mark Trestman was an interesting candidate. Yes, I said it. He was an interesting candidate, but not a turned out to not be a great head coach. None of them did. <laughs> None of them turned out to be head coaches for the Bears or good head coaches for the Bears. So... Um, Yeah, I mean, I like all the hot names, but at least I'm able to express during the daily score, I'm figuring out the guys that I absolutely don't want through the reporting. Jim Harbaugh and um, Eric the Enemy are on the list. Ray, keep track of my list. That's two guys we don't want. We're going to have a top 10 list of guys I don't want to be coaching the Chicago Bears. Let's go to another big-time NFL voice on who Robert Mays, of the athletic who is also on the score might be thinking about in terms of offensive minded candidates for the bears. The
4: one with the bullet is Ben Johnson, right? Like yeah, I think I, that he's going to be the guy that's brought up in every single conversation and justifiably so. What they have done offensively in Detroit over the last couple years, he he will be and should be the most sought after head coaching candidate in the NFL this offseason. So he would be at the top of any list. After that, things get very interesting. Because there aren't that many clear cut offensive minded head coaches as candidates this offseason. A lot of them are either not play callers on successful offenses or are in their first or second year as play callers. And in any other circumstance, I think people would say they deserve a little bit more time. So the first guy that comes to mind in the non play caller, first two guys that come to mind in the non play callers group would be Brian Callahan from Cincinnati and Frank Smith from Miami. Brian Callahan justifiably was in the head coach conversation last offseason after what the Bengals have done over the last couple of years. Even if they take a slight step back, I would absolutely want to talk to Brian Callahan if I was having this discussion and I was trying to hire somebody. Brian's background is really interesting. It's varied. He's been in a ton of different sorts of offenses. I think he has a really good mentality. I think he really has a, good, has a very good way about him. And I've been very impressed over the last, even, even into this year before Joe Burrow got hurt, the constant innovation that we've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals offense. They've always done such a great job in each of the last three seasons, iterating on what they needed to be. And I also like the fact that Brian doesn't really come from one place schematically. Like They were trying to borrow things that Joe Burrow was good at, that Jamar Chase would be good at. So I think if you're talking about a guy who's going to bring a mindset and a potential vision to it, he reminds me a little bit, even if he wasn't the play caller, of what Shane Steichen was when he got hired by the Colts. Because Shane's background is all over the place. He's a North Turner guy, but he was using college run concepts and RPOs more than anybody in the league. So Brian Callahan would be in there. Frank Smith would be in there as well based on everything that they've done in Miami and what that innovation has looked like. I think he also there's a reason that Dolphins have been so successful. I think they're very good teachers. And I think that they did a very good job on top of all the schematic stuff of resetting the culture in the locker room and it being a place where everyone's on common ground, where no one has to walk on eggshells. This kind of new kumbaya, young head coach-centric mindset in the NFL, I do think has some validity. We've seen it with Kevin O'Connell. We've seen it with Mike McDaniel coming in for kind of hard-nosed defensive coaches. The fact that Brian Flores is now the coordinator in Minnesota is actually kind of funny, but I think Frank Smith potentially brings that sort of approach. Other than that, though, Bobby Slokes in his first year as a coordinator in Houston, there are going to be guys brought up as part of this conversation that I think are going to surprise people and going to elicit, they're going to elicit a who is that from a lot of fans because it's not a pool of candidates that's super, super obvious in the way that it might have been in years past.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a draft almost like a bunch of guys in the middle of the first round of the draft. I mean, I do like the what he was talking about with the Cincinnati model. A lot of that I feel like has been drafting, and sometimes it's tough to fairly evaluate a franchise that has an elite quarterback in Joe Burrow, but that was some good stuff from Robert Mays of The Athletic. Last thing I want you guys to hear, and I might bug you a little bit, uh, Peter King was also on the score talking about –
3: Jordan love and Justin fields the bet on who is going to be the better. Who's going to have the better NFL career, Justin fields or Jordan love. Where would you be placing your money?
1: Jordan love, you know, because look, you know, Back we, here. I think we mentioned this about two months ago, you know, that there are people out in the agent and player community who view Chicago as the place where quarterbacks go to die. And Green Bay is viewed precisely the opposite. And by that I mean, you know, what did they do with Jordan Love? They drafted him down the line in the first round. They sat him behind a Hall of Fame quarterback for three years, and then they handed him the reins to the team. He still struggled a little bit at the beginning, But I'd say in the last three or four weeks, he looks like a genuine item. What happened to Aaron Rodgers? He sat for three years behind a Hall of Fame quarterback. He struggled a little bit out of the chute in 2008. But then by the end of the year, he looked like a quarterback for the next 15 years. This just in, he was. And so that is why the Packers, as much as everybody three years ago screamed that Brian Gudikins, I'll, I'll never forget this conversation I had with Gutekunst on draft weekend when they took Jordan Love. I said, Brian, you realize that you may have drafted a guy who won't play for you. I mean, imagine that Rodgers becomes Brady and, you know, he's healthy and he continues to play great. Or if he plays great the next three years, four years, and, and Love never sees the field and he goes, well, That'd be great for the Packers, and so, in other words, Brian Gutekunst simply did one thing: he bought an insurance policy for the most important position in sports, and now it looks like a pretty good move.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's right. I mean, it's it's a slam dunk. Like, if you're taking the test, who develops quarterbacks better, the Bears or the Packers? And I know it's painful and it sucks to hear, and it's really alarming that all of a sudden Jordan Love is, you know, he's not in the process of becoming Aaron Rodgers or uh, Brett Favre necessarily, but he is in the process of improving and becoming a decent quarterback And that's scary enough in itself because that could lead to the next level. That's the proper perspective to have on Jordan Love right now. But good stuff from Peter King. Um, also from, you know, we mentioned uh, Robert Mays from the Athletic Football Show, Chase Daniel, from his YouTube show, The Chase Daniel Show. So thanks to all those guys for adding their input on this particular show. We know that with the fluidity of the situation, there could be three new reports tomorrow, which you know we will cover on the Daily Score. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I always appreciate it. For our executive producer, Ray Diaz, I am Mark Brody. Talk to you tomorrow.